I do not exactly know where I first heard the term transgenderism, but it couldn't have been that long ago. I, I suppose most of us began to get an understanding of this in April 2015, when Bruce Jenner, a person that I had no knowledge of, apparently something Kardashians have no idea, came out as a, as a woman, and I admit that I kind of brushed this off, another example of how you know, crazy Hollywood was. But soon, I wasn't laughing, although no one came out close to me. Pretty soon there was a transgender student at our small rural school. My friend in Ottawa told me about his like, daughter who had a friend who was transitioning. And in the following years, I went to uh, a seminar my former denomination put on with Mark Yarhouse, a Christian psychologist. And, and he showed us like the research on it. And I was like a little stunned because the research showed that uh, what they used to call gender dysphoria affected about one in 10,000 people. And I was looking around like, like this is not what's going on right here. And, and today, that number is closer to two in 100 people under 30, or if you include all the people who identify as non-binary, uh, that they do not identify with any gender, it would be about 5%, so 5%, five in 100. And I suspect if current trends continue, this number is going to rise. I, I spent about 45 minutes skimming the Journal of Transgender Health this week. I know, I go to dark places so you don't have to. <laughs> and, and it confirmed my kind of suspicion like, like, first of all, no one has any idea what they're doing. And second, like I read a paper like, like they're like, well, what do we do with gender non-conforming people? And they're like, well, maybe we could give them like enough hormones so they're like neutrally androgynous. I'm like, this is, it's like, well, what, what is going on? I do not understand this. So not only are we giving cross-sex hormones, we're giving moderate hormones to make people androgynous. It's crazy, but it's real. And this is the culture that God has put us in. And these are the kind of people for whom Christ died. All right, outline. One, how do we get here? I'm gonna try to be quick, but it's gonna take way too long. Two. What does the Bible teach us about transgenderism? And three, how should we respond? Pretty straightforward. Okay, there are five points to how do we get here? And they begin. Radical feminists deny that women exist. I have to explain. Second, the war on female fertility. Three, androgynous cogs in the corporate machine. Four, media, internet, and school, which is somehow one point five avatar identity. So how do we get here? First, the story about how women's studies department, which is kind of like, you know, promoting study of women and feminism, you know, back in the 1950s, studied for about 40 years to come to the very surprising conclusion that women don't exist. Okay. Now notice we don't have women's studies departments anymore. We actually have gender studies. And now, it sounds a little crazy, like how can the people like, yay women, don't believe that women exist. But this is, so, so they believe women exist, but not as a 
biological reality? Because of course it can't be biological reality because men and women are exactly the same. Men and women are exactly the same. And so then if you take that, begin with that, what is a woman? Then what is a woman taking away biology? Then being a woman is a mindset or a performance. So some feminists would say something like, you, do, you are not born a woman, you become a woman. Which is a little bit like, yeah, I know, I know. I'm talking about crazy world now, but I'm just like trying to understand a little bit about it. But it's a little dangerous and you think about a Christian, if you're denying any differences between men and women, it's like, yay, like there's no difference between men and, men and women, then you end up denying anything special about men or women. So, women only exist as performance, not as a reality. So I'm not sure why, you know, women's studies was so concerned about sawing off the branch that they were literally standing on. But then again, there's, there's churches who don't believe in God in the Bible either. So maybe it's just a general like, thing that sin does to our, our minds. All right. So... So women don't exist. And secondly, we get to the war on female fertility. And if women are going to be exactly like men, there's one big problem that has to be solved. And it's the problem of like why we don't like our adolescent girls hanging out with adolescent boys alone for long periods of time is that, is that women get pregnant. I think I can still say that. Women get pregnant. I'm resisting making jokes as, as much as possible because I'm trying to be really serious. And women get pregnant. And, and when, I, when, I, when I kind of frame this series, some people ask me, like, are you afraid of offending LGBTQ people? And I said that, you know, my intention was actually to offend everyone. Okay? And if there's any one opinion I have that, that I put out that's going to offend everyone, it's the one right here. And that is, I don't think that we have thought deeply enough about birth control in the Protestant church. Okay, that's the most controversial opinion I will share. I think birth control does a bunch of things to our society. I'm just going to look at it like in general that are, are bad. I'm not saying the birth control is categorically wrong because I, I don't believe you should have as many children as possible. But what it does in culture with people is that it lets people disrespect the sexual union in a way that was never possible without birth control. In separating sex from procreation, in fact, it actually pathologizes fertility. What do they call like birth control? Reproductive health. When more rightly, it would be called anti-reproductive technology, which, you know, again, I don't think you need to have as many babies as possible, but I just want to like question, like Kari and I, like personally, like we decided against using any form of birth control. Uh, we don't have tons of kids, but we try to work with our biology instead of rewiring it. And I don't want to like put this conviction out here, but uh, I read a book and then it made me like question things. And I'm going to bring uh, a quote in a second. Now, what does this have to do with trans transgenderism in three things? First, in a world where people are not getting pregnant, a lot less people are getting pregnant now than before, or at least not getting, having kids, you know, people get pregnant and not have kids. The, the fiction of men and women being essentially the same 
can continue in some ways because in many ways, like my, in the modern workplace, my wife and I are both equals. In fact, sometimes she's a little better than me because she pays attention and doesn't get distracted <laughs> and tell her secretary like the things that are happening. Taking pregnancy and maybe sports out of the equation, human life can seem androgynous, but it's, it's pregnancy that really changes things. Second, Abigail Favalli, in, in her book, The Genesis of Gender, makes this point. And this is the one that just sort of like, I, I read this, I'm like, ah, maybe I should like rethink a lot of things about the world. Is it any wonder that today's parents don't bat an eye at the idea of dosing their children with synthetic hormones. After all, we've been doing it to our adolescent daughters already for decades. Ouch. Third, we may be by surgery or hormones able to make men superficially look like women and women superficially look like men as if being a woman was a matter of high heels and breast implants. But we cannot make biological women produce sperm to father a child or biological men have a working womb and a menstrual cycle. It's always sound kind of cheap for someone to be like, you know, I, I know the struggle of a woman and not have like a, a menstrual cycle. It just seems like something's wrong. I'm, I'm not an expert on menstrual cycles. I do live in a house with five women. <laughs> We have so separated our being as men and as women from the ability to procreate that we're able to like imagine that high heels and a push-up bra make you a woman just as much as a womb or maybe more so. It's interesting that Abigail Favalli, and her story is really interesting, that she was a, a convinced radical feminist, like gender studies at big university. And what set her on the road to kind of an orthodox understanding of men and women was that she got pregnant, looked at an ultrasound picture, 12 weeks of a baby, not a fetus, feeling her body change, and the fiction that men and women were the same evaporated with the biological reality of a life growing inside of her. We see all the time in the Bible, I would have younger women, widows marry, bear children, manage their households, and give the adversary no occasion for slander. Now, not all women have children, not all women can, but all women are potential child bearers. A critical difference that surgery and makeup cannot manufacture. Third, androgynous cogs in the corporate machine. And this is like the, the modern thing. It's just like, we are just like, like our bodies matter less when we're typing on a keyboard all day and on the internet all day. And it's just like, it's just like, it, it's able, more able to keep the, the fiction. Something's like when abortion was outlawed in certain parts of the States with the overturn of Roe v. Wade. And it, like there were companies who were like offering their female employees like free trips to another state to get an abortion. And it just felt like so wrong. Here we are, you know, we don't really want to pay extended like childcare benefits, but hey, we'll pay for your abortion. Media, internet, school. Now, how in the world did transgender identification go from almost zero to everywhere in a matter of years? Now, 
you have two options in thinking. Either you can believe that people were like super, super repressed 15 years ago, so much so that they were going to be committing suicide and like everything terrible, and then now everyone's like liberated. Oh wait, facts. Like suicide trends are actually trending up. Now, I, I don't think all of this is like transgenderism. I think, you know, keep your girls off Instagram. Like, uh, but people aren't getting happier with all of this stuff going on. With all the, the rise in people, this is gender clinics in Canada, which goes from almost nothing, these are like one, zero here, to skyrocketing, especially after 2015, when it hit the mainstream. I once read a story, and I'm gonna share it this week on the link, which about a, a family, they had a 13-year-old girl who one day came home and said, declared that she was a boy. Now they didn't freak out. They didn't get angry, but what they did was they took their child out of school. They got her off the internet. And slowly but surely they got their daughter back. We need to remember, do not be deceived. Bad company ruins good morals. We cannot let the TV, the schools, and the internet raise our kids or even its impact on ourselves and how we perceive the world, we need to be taught by the word of God and influenced by what was good and right. Remember what we learned in the first sermon? Like, we can't always trust our feelings and even our minds. It has to be shaped by God's word, not what's deep down inside of us, because often our hearts lie. Five, avatar identity. And this is, this is something interesting that I, I, I don't think people have thought about enough, but the way that we think and process the world has changed dramatically with the rise of computers and video games. And the fact that we can think of ourselves as another person, in fact, on intelligence tests, the, the like abstract reasoning of, of people has gotten better because people can think of themselves outside of themselves because they play video games, which have increased from like Pong, which is boop, boop, like, I'm not thinking about myself as the paddle very much. I'm like one with the paddle. But I, I can think of it in my own life, the first time that I played Tomb Raider. Now, all of a sudden, like, I wasn't just a paddle anymore. I was like a girl, and like a real girl, like on the screen. You like flip around, like, oh, yeah. And, and, and like the ability to think of yourself outside of yourself, like, like kind of changes how you think. And... The way that we mediate and process things, the things that we look at on our screens. No time to talk about furries. We look at these images digitally altered. We begin to think of ourselves as something other than the bodies that God gave us. And filters that make you look like a man or a woman, and no wonder that people get confused about who they are. All right. So, five reasons why we got here. One, radical feminists take the radical step of denying that women exist. Two, ultimately, like women exist. You think, like, how in the world can someone sit here and be like, this man is actually a woman? It's like, no, because a woman is a mindset, it's not a body. Secondly, the war on female fertility, androgynous cops, androgynous cops in the corporate machine, media, internet, and school, and avatar identity. Now, I think the idea 
that I might be a man trapped in a woman's body is like a toxic idea. Like it, it's such a dangerous thing to just sit and ponder, especially as someone who does not feel right in their bodies. And you gotta think, doesn't feel right in their bodies, which are young girls. And we remember 25 years ago, or 20 years ago when I was, the big thing we were talking about was anorexia bulimia. The girls who were just like, refused to eat. They just didn't like their bodies so much. And, and something interesting happened is because now all of a sudden we've seen like anorexia has actually gone down in the last while. While these other kind of like body disorders have gone up and you gotta wonder like there's a relationship between how women see themselves and, and how they like treat their bodies. Now the message of the world has been like, okay, you know, you know, you're actually just a boy and we're just gonna make you like that instead of teaching what I think they need to teach. Just like God made you good how you are, you know, love the body that God gave you. Okay, too much time, we gotta get to what does the Bible say? So first, quite simply, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. Before the fall, male and female, different and good. God created us both in God's image, not like other ancient teachers where it's like God, man, woman, but like it's God and man and women with equal worth and dignity before God. They both have dominion over the earth. But it's clear that men and women are different. First, that, that men were made first, and the New Testament like makes a point of this. For man was not made from woman, but woman from man, man. Neither was man created for woman, but woman for man. And women have, have a special gift of childbearing that, that ultimately the gift of childbearing would be the thing that breaks the curse when Mary gives birth to the Christ. Nevertheless, in the Lord, the woman is not independent of man nor man of woman. For as woman was made from man, so now man is now born of woman and all things are from God. And so men are unique and special and gifted. Women are unique and special and gifted, which is an awesome reality to tell to the world. The transgender narrative is that you can change a few externals on someone and make them different is a lie because men can never bear children. Women can never be fathers. Our maleness and femaleness is deep. Now the one question you probably might hear and ask and see talked about is, is what about intersex people? Intersex people exist. Now there are people with a, a disability from their genetics, that sometimes their, their sexual features or genitalia are not fully formed. And these occur in about two in 10,000 births. And, and yet even these still either produce, Bernie's gonna laugh at me, small gametes or large gametes, either small gametes, which is the sperm side of the male, which is the male sex, and or large gametes, ova, which is the female sex, and, and even the intersex people aren't somewhere in between. They're still male or female by sex, even if they do not have fully formed genitalia. Now, now I don't think healthcare should ever be used to destroy what is good and working. Healthcare shouldn't cut off a healthy arm, but healthcare should provide 
restoration to make what should be there in order to help someone's body function as it should. All people should be treated with dignity and respect. Intersex people are not a, an argument against God's design, but a tragic example of the consequences of the fall. People to be loved and cherished. Now, there are also biblical prohibitions against men acting like women. And the biggest set of these, we talked about last week, we talked about homosexuality, you shall not lie with a male as with a woman. It is an abomination. You, can't, you shouldn't use a man as a woman. They shouldn't take a woman's place sexually, also in Romans 1, 1 Corinthians 6. Transgenderism is a general application of the specific principle. We also have this interesting verse in Deuteronomy 22.5. A woman should, shall not wear a man's garment, nor shall a man put in a woman's cloak. For whoever does these things is an abomination to the Lord your God. Now this command and the ones right around it don't seem to have a ritual significance. It's not about temple or worships or things that are fulfilled in Christ. And the fact of men not acting as women, like it continues in the New Testament in a verse that I totally don't have time to like talk about enough. But does not nature itself teach you that if a man wears long hair, it is a disgrace for him. But if a woman has long hair, it is for her glory, for her hair is given to her for a covering. Men and women are to dress and act in distinct ways. And some of the specific ways are specific to culture, but transgressing our own cultural rules about behavior and dress for men or women purposely to like fight against it goes against God's design, which is from the text we read, that the Lord God said it is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. Helper there isn't a word that implies anything less than, but it's a helper that is the opposite in accordance with him. God created the man and the woman to be a beautiful pair, to be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. The transgender narrative cuts against the mandate to fulfill and fill the earth and subdue it and goes against God's design in men and women created as good, good creations to be celebrated. Each man and woman is created in the image of God with value and dignity. We need to remember always in this to make war on the ideology and love the individual. We need to have clear compassion for someone who doesn't feel at home in their body. But we need to hold out a biblical worldview that teaches people to love the bodies that God has given them, even when they don't conform to their own desires or to the desires of culture around them. We want to work in harmony with God's design, not against it. Medical intervention is right when it restores what is broken in a body, but any medical invention, including intervention, including cross-sex hormones, the removal of healthy breasts, female or male genital mutilation must be opposed for these things war against God's design instead of respecting it or restoring it. And this is like, we have such a beautiful truth to share with the world. God created man to work and have dominion over the land. He created woman out of the man. So they're, they're not so different. They're of the same stuff. The woman serves and cares for people in a unique way, caring for her husband and her children with a fierce maternal instinct that don't cross. Creating life in the image of God from whom all life comes. 
A husband loves his wife in the model of Christ, laying down his own needs in order to protect and lead his wife. Men and women in the image of God share so much and yet are distinct with a unique, unique identity that's given by God. So men and women are created as a biological reality and are awesome. We must resist an ideology that women, that to be a woman is merely a state of mind, and a man can be a woman if he puts his mind to it. All right, how should we respond? How should we respond? Three things. Teach the biblical truth about men and women without stereotypes. Now, feminism sounds great on the outside, like this is how it's advertised. Men and women have equal rights and equal opportunities. And we don't want to diminish the value of anyone in any way. Men and women are created by God in his image for his glory to be co-heirs of the world redeemed in Jesus Christ. But as we've seen, if you allow the idea in, that there's no real differences between men and women. I remember this in 11th grade, like English class arguing with my teacher about this. Instead of empowering women, you actually end up erasing women. So that, you know, two girls who won a swimming race have to stand one step down from some dude. If there's no difference between men and women, it means there's not only nothing special about men, there's nothing special about women. To quote the Incredibles, if we're all special, then no one is. If being woman is just an idea, then a biological man could be a woman just as a woman could be a woman. And so, all the silliness today. But we get to affirm something so much more beautiful than the world around us. We see the real differences between men and women, actually real roles to be loved and cherished between men and women and how we were created. And we get to celebrate all of it. We can celebrate Mary giving birth to our Lord. We can celebrate Joshua conquering Canaan. But because we can trust that God has created men good and women good, we can also unashamedly embrace like all of the variations of how God has made men and women. This next part I call in praise of tomboys. The fact that you might not fit into a magazine stereotype or a merry mothering stereotype as a woman or the manly men stereotype doesn't make you any less of a man or a woman. It's like if, if being a woman is just like breast implants and high heels, then you know, is a flat-chested woman less of a woman than a fuller chest? Like, that doesn't make any sense at all. But no, we believe God created men and women different. And that in men and women, there are differences. And you can see this in the Bible. I love this passage. Havilah knows what's coming. Most blessed woman be Jael, the wife of Heber, the Kenite, of tent-dwelling women most blessed. He asked for water and she gave him milk. She brought him curds in a noble's bowl. And we think, oh man, like what a woman. You know, she's serving, she's giving. But wait, there's more. She sent her hand to the tent peg and her right hand to the workman's mallet. She struck Sisera. She crushed his head. She shattered and pierced his temple. Now, jail doesn't fit a stereotype of a woman. Not at all. 
But she's totally a woman because we can trust God created her how she was supposed to be. And a head crushing woman is just as a woman <laughs> as Hannah, who is like this tender, humble mother figure. And we can be comfortable with that because the Bible gives us both. On the other side, you know, we have David who did fight bears and lions, but he wrote poems. We have Jacob, who was the chosen one, who says who was a, a quiet man, a man of the tents, not a man of the field that Jacob was. When you know that God created a woman to be a woman, you can be comfortable with the head-crushing woman. And you can be comfortable with the guy who does poetry because deep down they're a man, deep down they're a woman. And we can trust in God's creation and celebrate the variation in them being a different kind of woman. It's like you think of the tomboys today and they're just sort of like, they're shuttled off in a certain way. And it's sad. I mean, it's like, no, they're supposed to be good how they are. Well, there's some girls who like to wrestle with the boys and that's fine. They can be a girl who wrestles with the boys. They don't have to be a boy. Second, beware the influencer. Know what your kids are watching. Know what they're learning from. I've read a couple of stories of, of detransitioners, mostly girls who had, who had gotten caught up in this, gotten mastectomies, cross-sex hormones, and then come later to reject that and respect who God made them to be. All of them were influenced on social media very dramatically, on TikTok and Whatever the kids are watching nowadays, I'm probably years behind. In fact, they said they knew what to say to the psychologist to get the, the drugs they wanted because the influencers taught them what to say. Know what your kids are watching. Don't outsource parenting. Third, patient love for the victims while clearly standing up for the truth about men and women. The transgender kid that you see walking around is not a perpetrator of this lie, but a victim of it. Someone who's been misled, and we must, we must speak the truth, but we must never let our zeal for biblical truth outpace our love for people where they are. For people as such that Christ died for. Now we must advocate for the reality of sex and gender. I really believe like this is, this should be a selling point of the church right now today, not a thing that we're running away from. A world that a young girl can trust her body and not fight against it. And, and I put forward young girls here because it overwhelmingly affects young girls. Uh, I would resist putting pronouns in my bio and, and other ways that the enemies of gender have, have tried to control the language, resisting inane terms like gender-affirming care for pumping kids full of hormones that will shorten their lifespan and sterilize them. We must be against genital mutilation and unnecessary surgeries. You know, at, uh, Abigail Favalli points this out, but most of the research about the effectiveness of, of gender, we'll call it destroying care, comes from a Dutch study of 14, 14, 14 people in the Netherlands who were studied for three years. Of the 14 studied in this, again, 14 people for a scientific study. Of the 14, only 13 made it to the end of the study. You know what happened to the other one? 
Like he died from the surgery. People literally killing kids and no one's saying anything. Now at the same time, we need to love the kid who's confused and we need to love them fiercely. Patiently point them to the truth by giving them and giving them space to figure it out. Space to figure it out, and that's 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 that can be hard. Now, if your daughter doesn't want to wear pink dresses, that's fine. We don't want to put kids in a box that was never biblical, anyways. Let's stand up for the truth. God created them male and female, and women are awesome. Men are awesome. And, and praise God for the differences without falling into stereotypes. Patiently love the confused while praying for God to lead them to the repentance and teaching them the truth. Let's pray.